Today's episode is brought to you by Rock Auto. Amazing selection, reliable low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. RockAuto.com. Don't forget to let them know that Locked On sent you. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Locked On HBCU Podcast, the only daily podcast covering HBCU sports, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, Reggie Flood. You can find me on Twitter at rflood28. I'm the host of the longest-running sports show in Louisiana, the Jaguar Journal, and host of the daily radio show, The Sports Report, on WBOK in New Orleans, and a proud HBCU alumni. On this week's episode of Locked on HBCU, we're going to be joined by Tolly Carr from HBCU Game Day and Mo Carter from WZDX Sports. Matt, guys, we're going to get into this SWAC breakdown. The SWAC, last week they had their all-SWAC team, introduced the all-SWAC team, and they also introduced the order of finish, predicted order of finish. We're going to break it down. And then in our third segment, we'll break it down a little bit and see who are the players that we expect big seasons out of, but they haven't been mentioned and haven't been claimed as all-SWAC yet. So let's get into it. Mo, Tolly. Predicted order of finish, top three in the Eastern Division out in your area, Mo. Alabama AM coming in at number one. Absolutely. The defending champs from the spring are ready to defend their crown in the fall. Coach Connell Maynard said it at SWAG Football Media Day. He wants his team to be the first in the history of the Southwestern Athletic Conference to win a championship in the spring and win a championship in the fall. And considering the fact that he's got a strong nucleus coming back, starting with the HBCU Player of the Year in a quill glass, an NFL prospect, along with a ton of weapons on the offense and an improved defense, I can see why um, people are voting for them to be a repeat winner from the East Division. Ali, tell me about Alabama and them. They're the, the spring cha- springtime champs, the defending champs, the returning the big guy, quill glass, man. Tell me about it. I think this is that kind of nexus moment for Alabama A&M. I've been waiting for Connell Maynard to really uh, hit his stride as a Southern football coach once again. Uh, he loves quarterbacks. He's big on the offense uh, from his background as a, as a player and with glass and the weapons that he has. I mean, look, Mo can run these names for you, man. It's like one, two, three, four. Five, pick your poison five different ways. And if by chance, if by chance you're able to do anything with the passing game, they can run the ball as well. So when it comes to high-powered offenses that we have seen with our eyes, not on paper, that we've seen with our eyes and we know will work, Alabama A&M is at the top of that list. I see, guys, I have a confession to make. All of my friends tease me. Because for the last five or six years, no matter who the coach was, Alabama A&M has been my dark horse. <laughs> finally, <laughs> finally in the spring, they broke through and they won a championship and my phone started buzzing. Your team finally broke through. <laughs> they are there. Just, yeah, just for the record, I have no affiliation. I just always thought that they should be better. And they, on a con, under Coach Connell Manor, they have gotten better, and I, I agree. They should be the number one team in the East, at least preseason. They return a lot of players, and most importantly, 
they the QB1 is one of the best QBs in FCS football. Let's get into this. Florida AM, a newcomer to the league, picked to finish second, but we know they're returning a bunch of players, and Jackson State finishes uh predicted to finish third. Let's get into that. Florida AM, first of all, they return a bunch of players. Coach Willie Simmons, his team, a team that went 10 and 1 last year. They're right back in it as they join a new conference, a new conference moving from the MEAC to the SWAC. That, that's a lot of respect to both them second behind the champions of the league in the Eastern Division. Yeah, I, I think the one question about FAMU coming from the MEAC is, you know, how do they gel uh, when they have to play somebody who's not, you know, got on FAMU Rattler colors <laughs> and paraphernalia because they, they, you know, they had a spring practice, but they didn't have a spring season. They have not had a full season without Ryan Stanley as their quarterback. Um, so that's some key things there. They do have some veteran experience coming back. The former backup now becomes the starter. Um, but, I, you know, I, I just have to keep my eyes out on, on teams that missed that whole year versus teams that did get a chance to play some in the spring. Um, I think that, you know, will, will be a factor. One, one thing I noticed our fans are saying, uh, the, the number of quarterbacks that Coach Willie Simmons did mention. <laughs> they said, gee, you know, Coach, if it, you know, sometimes coaches just say stuff, man, and they're, they're throwing you a curveball. But, you know, he, he'll throw out about four or five names there. Uh, we'll have to see who rises to the top uh, once they start uh, practice this week. Yeah, they kind of seem to have a revolving door. They brought in some transfers, guys that left, and they – Brought in some more guys, so they're, they're kind of having a revolving door quarterback, but they do have the young man who was the backup to Ryan Stanley, who's presumably going to be the number one quarterback. That should be interesting at Florida A&M. And then Jackson State, the enigma that has become Jackson State. This is a team that over the past few years, have they haven't done anything, but they bring in Deion Sanders. They have one of the top recruiting classes. In college football, the definitely the top recruiting class in FCS, and now they're voted third in the league in, in the in the Eastern Division. Is this warranted? Or we, you know, do we know where Jackson State, what Jackson State really is at this point? Reggie, I'll be honest with you. A lot of us really don't know where Jackson State is at this point. We saw a team compete in the spring um, in the East Division. Yeah, they picked up wins over Edward Waters, picked up wins over um, Mississippi Valley, and, of course, you know, beat Grambling State basically on the last play of the game. But then after that, they kind of did go on a losing streak. And then a lot of those players that played in those games aren't even on the team anymore with the transfer portal going in and out of Jackson. So honestly, I'm one of those guys where I need to see people prove things or whatever from Jackson State. Sure, everything looks good on paper, but how does it translate over to the actual playing field? Will the time between the end of the spring for 2021 and the beginning of the fall, will that be enough time for this team to gel and come out the gate and pick up a victory on the road against FAMU and then also go on a very, very tough schedule. Honestly, we're, for me personally, I just think we're just going to take it week by week with Jackson State and Coach Deion Sanders, a.k.a. Coach Prime, to see what's really, really going to happen. I'm just wondering if their fan base is going to be as patient to see it from the week-to-week standpoint because, hey, we've all seen what happens on social media and they're really, really big on their team. And I totally understand why, why they are. A lot of excitement around it, but it's just a matter of can they put the W's in the win column? Exactly. But you know what else? You know what is in the win column, guys? And I have to say, tell you this. Celebrating freedom of choice. 
you know that built bar has delicious flavors they really do man i i can attest to this i i eat built bars myself they have built bars and let me tell you man they have something for everybody when you talk about built bars they're definitely passionate about their flavors if you don't know what built bar flavors are and well you're missing out it's coconut cherry barcia raspberry mint brownie double chocolate double chocolate is my favorite I love double chocolate. I, anything chocolate, I love it. I know we're not supposed to have it, but the great thing about Built Bar is you can have it because it's a healthy. Built Bar is healthy too, and it has great flavor. You can even get a mixed box. If, if double chocolate is your thing, if you don't know which one you like, you can get a mixed box of nine bars, two bars of all, all kinds, and they only have seven to 18. They have oh, seven to 18 grams of fat, Calories ranging from 130 to 180, only four or five grams of sugar, and only four or five grams of net carbs. Amazing flavors, all tasty. Head over to builtbar.com and get 15% off. Promo code LOCKED15. March Madness is right around the corner. If you want to win your office pool, you need to stay caught up with all the college basketball action with the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Every Monday, Andy Patton and Isaac Shade recap the biggest stories in college basketball, keep you up to date on the NCAA tournament bubble, and get you ready for the upcoming week of games. From the Big East to the Mountain West and everywhere in between, Andy and Isaac have college hoops covered on the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. All right, guys, let's get this thing. Let's get it un- back on the road. We were talking about Jackson State. We had to take a quick break. Tali, tell me about it, man. Give me your take on Jackson State being picked to finish third. Well, I think they'll be like uh, some of those Cherry Garcia bars you were just talking about, man. <laughs> you know, like it's it's going to be interesting. Uh, you know, Cherry Garcia hits your taste buds. It's always a good time. Exactly. I don't know how good Jackson State is going to be. Um, their ceiling on paper seems to be through the roof. You know, I've interviewed Coach Sanders recently, and he talked about, you know, at, at Media Day, uh, his son, his, his QB1, Shadura Sanders, talked about how tough the defense is in practice and how if he can do anything with that defense, uh, as he quoted, uh, taking on a regular SWAC school will not be a problem. And uh, <laughs> Sanders ran down, you know, where these players came from, you know, Florida, Georgia, Tennessee is, is basically an, an all SEC defense in the SWAC. Now, will, will they do anything? I don't know. We saw them in the spring. We know the offensive line was, was a turnstile to the quarterback. Uh, they, they struggled <laughs> to get defensive pressure uh, on opposing quarterbacks, but 85% of that team is gone. So it's going to be interesting. We're going to talk about them win or lose every week. But as far as predictions, man, I just don't know how it's going to come together as, you know, the nucleus of the team. I I feel the same way. I mean, I think the team still has to gel. You could, and the truth be told, the SWAC and HBCUs have always gotten big time division one transfers. This is a new, this maybe not as many, but they've always transfers have always been a part of this game. I'm interested to see how how you know the opposing teams react to Jackson State because I I think 
the opposing teams will raise their level of play just because of the perception that Jackson State has out there. But I tell you what, their fans are gun ho They are ready to go. They believe in Coach Prime, no doubt about that. So it, I'm, I'm like you. I think the jury's still out on Jackson State. Let's move over to the Western Division. Oh, oh, oh. Alcorn State. They move from the east to the west, but some things don't change. They're still predicted to finish on top. The Braves, hey, Coach McNair, he comes back. They didn't play this spring, but he comes back with the trigger man, Felix. <laughs> you know, what what do you have? What do you think about him, Tali? Let me know. Tell me about these Braves, man. Uh, Felix Harper is as smooth as they come. Uh, he might be feeling away after not being recognized as highly on the on the preseason uh, swag preseason team. You know, the last time he was out there, he he was Player of the Year, and then now it's like, where, where's the love? You know, guys, I, I'm not <laughs> injured. I didn't fall off. I, I just I just miss your little spring your little spring league you had out there. Um, so I know, uh, their attitude will, will, you know, they'll have a little edge to them. Uh, but look, you, you name off the teams in the West, you, you take the field, Reggie. I feel comfortable yeah. putting my chips on the table with all corn state. They handle business in the East every year. I don't think, uh, that's going to change as they go to the West. May, may, maybe a little more challenging. May, maybe Southern gives them a, a little more heat there. Uh, but I'm still, you know, if I got a bet and I got to put it all on the table, I'm going Coach McNair, Felix Harper, all corn state. Okay. What about you? What say you, Mo Carter? Well, of course, uh, all corn didn't get a chance to uh, defend their 2019 crown because they didn't play in the spring of 2021. And no matter what side of the fence you feel when it comes to either situations, you have to give them um, respect on the fact of what they did the last time they did play on the field. And they go to the West Division, of course. Um, they're picked ahead of Southern, who basically they've had Southern's number for a number of years. So I guess I can see why the SIDs and the coaches went ahead and voted for them as the top or whatever, right over Southern, if you want to look at it like that. But then again, of course, I'm kind of still on the fence just a little bit about teams who have literally not played since the fall of 2019. And, you know, what does the wear and tear really look like? Um, what does the game speed really look like for them? They definitely want to defend their crown on a new division. And at the same time, pretty sure teams like Southern and Grambling, yeah, they're looking up to them in the preseason polls, but they know at the end of the day, you still have to play the game on the field and let's see what happens with them. This upcoming speaking, of, speaking of Southern, let's talk about that little school. <laughs> Baton Rouge. I think that's what a full disclosure that is that is Mo Morel Mo, Mo Carter and I's alma mater. So you know we have to get in a little dig. We're professionals, but we still have to get in a little dig. The little school down on the bluff, Southern University, mm -hmm. picked to finish second in the SWAC Western Division. Uh, what do you think about that, man? This Southern returns a lot of players, and one of the secrets that people don't know is that. Even though Southern was 5-1 and one in the spring and they played well on defense, they had nine starters out. Tell me what you think. Uh, let's start out. Tali, give me something on Southern. Uh, Jordan Lewis will take your quarterback's head completely off. Um, <laughs> blocking him is going to be uh, the game plan for everybody when you take on Southern. Uh, and so when you put that much of attention 
uh, on trying to stop him, you know, you have to look and see who are some of the other players that are going to step up because they're going to have their opportunity. Because either either you're going to say, look, we're, we're just we're just going to live with Jordan Lewis creating havoc or we're just going to take him out of the game and, and leave opportunities open for other people on that defense. Uh, but I think any conversation um, that you talk about Southern, you know, you got to talk about Lewis. And, you know, it's interesting. Coach Rollins, you know, ha has the one year deal there. Uh, we, we've seen some change at the top with Southern. The president, you know, is finishing out his last year. So yes. will, this be, will this be a rally for Coach Rollins uh, type year uh, to try to solidify him as maybe the future face? Uh, you know, Dawson Odoms, when he started out, interim coach, uh, you know, sub, you, I don't have to tell you guys the story <laughs> about how <laughs> it actually turned out pretty well. So could, could it be – a repeat of some of that magic there with uh, Coach Rollins. I'm sure uh, the guys are going to be excited about playing from him. From everything I've heard, uh, you know, one of the big reasons he was hired was because of the way that the players and, and the staff and everyone feels about him uh, from his yes. time already being on that staff. I tell you what, one thing you can do, if you want to put a bet on it, you can go to bet online, the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Baseball is in full swing. And you can track the action at Bet Online. Get all the latest news, odds, info for all your sporting needs, including MLB, NBA, NHL, UFC, and MMA action. Before the next pitch, head over to Bet Online, your laptop, your mobile device. Check out all the great sporting news. Sign up for bonuses and contest information. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore, as this is your chance to get in the game as teams prep for their runs to the playoffs. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. Promo code locked on. Now, Mo, let's get back to the game. <laughs> yes, sir. Southern, yes, sir. We're talking about Southern, the blue and gold, the little school on the block, man. Tolly mentioned Jordan Lewis, the uh, the F's not just the deep, swag defensive player of the year. He's the national defensive player of the year on the FCS level. Talk about him a little bit. Talk, talk about Jordan. Talk about Southern and then we'll get into Jordan Lewis. Well, overall, Southern literally may be the deepest team, especially defensively returning for this upcoming season. And of course, a lot of a lot of the defense is going to revolve around Jordan Lewis. But I mean, they've got so many other guys that you that going to get their names called because they're going to probably be doubling and triple teaming Jordan Lewis all season. Jalen Ivey is another guy, you know, that you're going to talk about. But then on the offensive side of the ball, of course, you know, Southern did lose to Arkansas Pine Bluff. We eventually repped the West in the championship. But when you kind of look at everything else the rest of the way, Southern was pretty dominating majority of their games, especially from the offensive standpoint. And I really did like the way that the new offense co coordinator, Coach Grassi, was able to kind of divvy things up offensively. Of course, we know Ladarius Skelton was the guy running the show. But then after that, they started bringing in two quarterback packages and three quarterback packages. And then they were controlling the line of scrimmage with guys like Devon. Ben, I like the balance that Southern's offense is going to have. It's going to keep a lot of people off track when they go up against them, it's just going to be a matter of how can people, you know, stack up with them from a balance standpoint, both offensively and defensively. And then Jordan Lewis, that's on a whole new level on what kind of work that guy can do. 
Definitely. Now, you mentioned Pine Bluff. A lot of people, I know they were picked to finish, I think, fourth, fourth in the uh, West. Pine Bluff, a lot of people at Pine Bluff feel disrespected. A lot of the, you know, the team feels disrespected. They went to the team, went to the championship, you know, lost a close game to Alabama A&M, and then they come back, and, and instead of being picked at the top of the West, they're picked at the bottom of the West. Talk about them a little bit. Is is that disrespect or just people just saying, we just don't believe you? Honestly, I think it's a, it's a mix of both, but I think it's more so of disrespect. Yeah, I know you were seeing a lot of guys and even a coach or two leave Pine Bluff, but I mean, you know, their head coach at Swag Media Day said they had like eight or nine starters returning on both sides of the ball. So apparently, you know, something's not adding up one way or the other. But at the end of the day, too, what you've done, you've given Arkansas Pine Bluff bulletin board materials like we just won the West Division and, you know, played a solid game against AM in the championship game, you know, losing by one score. So, yeah, they've got ultimate bulletin board um, material, not only for the upcoming you know, upcoming season, but from the week by week standpoint, they've got a strong nucleus on offense with guys like Skylar Perry returning at the quarterback. And then if he gets the ball to a guy like Tyron Ralph, that guy's like lightning in the bottle. You know, you don't want to kick to that guy because he has the potential to take it back. We're talking about in the kick return and the punt return game, but even on the offense too. I mean, you draw a quick screen, he slips a tackle. He's probably off to the races. So yeah, I definitely think Pine Bluff will have a chip on his shoulder to kind of go through the swag, you know, um, and basically compete on a high level. It'll be interesting to see how they do. Overall, they've got some tough opponents out the gate, but then they've got a Thursday night game against Alcorn early on in the season. So I think that'll kind of be a measuring stick really for both of those teams as that game could possibly go far in the West. Yeah, it's in it's an uh, interesting grambling pick to finish third in the West, even though they didn't win a game in the spring. Tali, tell me about that. Is that just respecting the G, that just the name of Grambling? Well, look, uh, at Media Day, Coach Fob says, we're not talking about spring. Spring is over. So I, I think he <laughs> might have done a Jedi mind trick on all the voters. To, he <laughs> should have been erased <laughs> out of everybody's mind. He gave spring. everybody built bars. Spring. <laughs> ah. <laughs> Spring did not happen for Grambling, okay? It, it just did not happen. Um, but, look, they struggled. Uh, he, he's made a lot of changes uh, with personnel on his, you know, players and, and coaching staff. So uh, I've, 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 I've had people ask me, is this a pressure year for Coach Fobbs? Is, is this a year that, that he has to return the G uh, all the way to the top or, you know, at least be in the running late in the season? Um, I wouldn't say this year is a pressure year, um, but if this year does not turn out well and we see more of what we saw in the spring as opposed to what we saw four or five seasons ago, then maybe next season we, we really start to feel that pressure. Um, but I think his resume as a coach is, is uh, thorough enough that people understand, you know, it's a roller coaster ride with the football program. But there's uh, going to be a lot of, lot of fans, a lot of fans <laughs> hoping that the Chiefs <laughs> Uh, a little closer to the top uh, than they did with that season that didn't happen a couple of months ago. Exactly. Right. Now, before we get out of here, guys, I got to ask you, we we have the all-swag uh, team, Aquil Glass, the offensive player of the year, Jordan Lewis, the defensive player of the year, preseason. Who's the guy that may not have all the eyes on him? He may be all-swag, may not be, but who's that guy that people should be keeping an eye on? 
All right, I'll go first and start on the defensive side of the ball. Um, there are two guys that we definitely need to keep an eye out on. First of all, we need to keep an eye out on Colton Adams, the linebacker at Alabama State. When this guy is fully healthy, he is running from sideline to sideline in Alabama State's vaunted seven-man front, and he's probably the leading tackler. Reminds me a lot of Courtney Berry, the linebacker they had a few years ago, except he's a little bit taller and he's a little bit more buffer. And another defensive guy, let's keep an eye out on Marquise Bell from Florida A&M. I mean, I saw this guy play in 2019, and I mean, the way he handled things from that defensive backfield, I mean, this guy can play safety, nickelback, cornerback, and I mean, whatever he plays, just don't throw his way, because he's going to find a way either to light you up legally, or he'll pick your pass off and probably take it back to the house. So yeah, Colton Adams and Marquise Bell, two guys you definitely need to be on the lookout for when it comes to all swag and possibly defensive players of the year. What about you, Charlie? What do you have? I, I would co-sign on Colton, and and for for you fans who are, are truly, truly, truly Alabama, uh, Bubba is his preferred name there. Yeah. So, uh, <laughs> Bubba Adams. Uh, look, I'm going to get some love to Mississippi Valley State. Re Reggie, how often does that happen, man? People come on your show and want to talk about Mississippi Valley State. You're uh, up first, but it, the <laughs> the floor is open to you. <laughs> I saw them a couple times this spring. I think they're a lot closer than people ever give Mississippi Valley State credit for. I want you to watch uh, Caleb Johnson, their running back. I saw him at the Alabama State game. Man, he was – you know how running backs like to hurdle people? Like, he was doing some crazy Madden spin hurdle over that Alabama State defense that Mo was just raving about. And uh, I really enjoy watching him play. So, so keep an eye on the running back for Mississippi Valley State. And he, here's a guy, we talked about him earlier, um, Felix Harper. He's not on the all-preseason team, first or second team at quarterback. And the last time he was on the field, he was the SWAC player of the year. So how he comes, comes back to respond, will we have a battle for the throne? Uh, will Shador Sanders uh, get his name in there, a four-star pick? I mean, a four-star recruit at Jackson State. Will he be, like, the most phenomenal thing we've ever seen at quarterback? Uh, those are going to be some interesting uh, guys to watch under center. Definitely, definitely, guys. I tell you what, I really appreciate you guys joining us. It's been a lot of fun. My man, Tali Carr from HBCU Game Day. And my man, Mo Carter from WZDX Sports in Huntsville, Alabama, joining us here on the Locked On HBCU. Guys, we really appreciate it. Have a good one. We, hey, we're going to do this again. We got to do the MEAC. So you guys be ready. We got to get, get ready. We got to do the MEAC, all right? So Thanks. maybe we'll do that later. I tell you what, let's make a plan. We'll do that later on this week. We'll get into the MEAC. All right. As soon as I get those built bars in the mail, I'll be back. <laughs> You got it, man. You the double chocolate. I'm telling you, get the double chocolate. But you like the cherry barcia. I gotta remember that. Always. <laughs> Don't forget, we're here with you every day talking HBCU sports, culture, and more. Subscribe wherever you get your podcast and tune in for the best exclusive and real coverage of HBCU sports here on Locked On HBCU. <laughs>